Welcome to a brand new episode of the Philly Four Podcast. My name is Tyler Quill. I'm at tquill2 on Twitter, and I'm Kevin Means at Kevin underscore Means on Twitter. We're here talking about the Eagles today. Uh, let's do a little week week one recap to start things off. Eagles got a division win against the Washington Redskins in Washington. Huge win. A little uh, dicey on the offensive play calling, maybe, but they were able to pull through. Carson Wentz had a big day, moving himself into M- MVP consideration. And we'll get into that later. And the defense really stood tall. What's uh, what's something that stood out to you in this game means? Um, like you just said, the defense really stood out to me this past week. I mean, Jim Schwartz, I think he'll easily coach them to top five defense, even with Ronald Darby out for a couple weeks. Um. Other than that, Carson Wentz had a really good game. Still had a couple of mistakes we'll get into, but I think they played pretty well. Yeah, that uh, Ronald Darby injury looked horrific when it happened. Uh, I know most of us thought that that was definitely season over, just looking forward to next season with him, but we got a good prognosis. Uh, only a dislocated ankle, which sounds terrifying, but uh, <laughs> he'll be back in four to six weeks, and he seems to think four. I love his enthusiasm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see this week how uh, Rasul Douglas fills in for him. But back on to this week. Um, other than that, I mean, we had the receivers. Nelson Aguilar caught a touchdown and performed pretty well, surprisingly, to many people's surprises. Yeah, that touchdown, more on Wentz, able to get around outside the pocket and move her and uh, get away for some pressure. And Aguilar just had to walk around the field till he was wide open at that point. You know what, though? Aguilar, he actually did display good hands. I don't think I don't believe he had any drops unless I missed it besides the one backwards pass which wasn't really his fault. Yeah, um, if, if he would have dropped any we would have known about it. Fans don't let him forget any of his drops. Yeah, exactly. So, he played very well, really. Still have very little trust in him if any still, but I think he definitely showed a lot of improvement and give a little escape so that Alshon Jeffrey doesn't have to or Carson Wentz not depending on Alshon Jeffrey for everything. Yeah, it was good to see while Alshon was blanketed by Josh Norman most of the day. Um, Wentz wasn't forcing him the ball and getting interceptions from one of the best corners in the league, but I was able to find Aguilar, and Zach Ertz had a big day filling up the middle Uh, of the field. Zach Ertz, I think think he's going to follow through with uh, the last half of last season. I think he's going to probably be one of the top tight ends of the league this year also. That's good. We've always seen heard that potential. Like this year will be his breakout year this year, and he seems to not come to play until week 15, 16, and 17 every season. Uh, it's, it's always the last half of the year. Week 9 through 17, he's usually pretty good. But other than that, I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, it was the score seems like it's an impressive win. I think it wasn't that impressive considering the last touchdown they scored shouldn't have even been a touchdown defensive. That was definitely the ball was going or his arm was going forward but uh and that would have made it a one score game with the Redskins having the ball inconclusive there was a chance that that ball could have been coming out of his hand before he went forward but uh that's what it was called on the field so can't do anything about that got a nice touchdown the defensive line was all over Kirk Cousins all day and I think that's going to be a strength all season without a doubt with the depth we have on the D-line Oh, yeah, that'll definitely help out, especially without having Darby there. It'll help out the cornerbacks and the safeties making so they're not stuck in coverage for 5, 10 seconds a play. It, the 
there's not going to be a quarterback that has much time this season against the Eagles' defensive line. And it was a big win against division team, but you're a little sour on the win. And one big reason is our head coach, our play caller, Doug Peterson. Okay, so I just want to start off by saying I am an Eagles fan. <laughs> really, really, I really am. It's, it's I, not going to sound that. Way I want in a nothing. Of I want nothing more than Doug Peterson to come in this year or next year and win a Super Bowl for the Eagles. I really do. But let's be realistic. Do you really tell me, Tyler? Do you, Do you really think Doug Peterson can bring Philadelphia a Super Bowl win? I think the coaches he has around him and the players he has with him could bring this team a Super Bowl. You think Doug Peterson? Doug Peterson's the head coach. I think Doug with Schwartz, with David Phipp, special teams, Mark Wright, John DeFilippo, I think that that coaching staff can bring us a championship. This year? This year? Oh, well, that's. I don't think this, well, the players are ready the for Bowl this year. So no, not this year? No. Okay, that's more on Jim the Schwartz is, You think Jim Schwartz is going to be here after this year? I mean, last season... He had the same kind of three, four weeks where we were assuming he'd be gone because he was reborn as a coach, and he seemed to fizzle out as the year went on. So I'm not ready to say he's definitely going to be gone yet. I know he'll be a hot commodity possibly in the off season, but I'm not ready to say he's definitely going to be gone. I think it's one of two situations: either the Eagles go like nine and seven, maybe even ten and six and it's on the back of the defense with a little bit of Carson Wentz, or it goes bad and the defense doesn't do anything, and it's, what, 6-10, and 7-9, and nine. and in that case, everyone's job's in danger if you're below 500 again. So I, I think regardless, there's there's probably like a 50-50 shot that Schwartz is either gone because there's a whole new coaching staff in, or he's gone because someone hires him. I don't think there's like an in-the-middle scenario where he's still here next year really yeah if we i think we're going to finish probably around eight and eight nine and seven that's roughly my projection for the team i think 10 is that is that is that like a is that a win in your mind like yeah we're nine and seven eight and eight i think let's 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 think about it last year there were seven and nine right yeah seven and And they made a lot of improvements on the team players wise yes they did so shouldn't the players be able to just just flat out only the players with Doug Peterson, at least get you two more wins, you think, this year? Oh, a lot of these other teams got better, too. I mean, the NFC East is is a pretty good division all around. So, 8-8, eight eight, Who got better? 9-7. I mean, Dak on another year, Zeke Elliott on another year. The Cowboys are better. That's if Zeke plays all 16 games. Uh, they also lost a couple defensive players on an already uh, questionable defense. And they lost a couple guys on their offensive line. I think the Cowboys are worse this year. Redskins lost two of the receivers. Yeah, they got Terrell Pryor. We're going to see how that works out. And their defense is questionable. I think they're worse. The only one you could say that is probably definitely better, and they did not show it this past week, is the Giants. I think if the Eagles don't go 9-7 and seven or better, that's a very disappointing season considering all the additions and next year under Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz. So if we're 8-8, eight and eight, you want Doug Peterson out. That's 100%. not good enough for you. If it's if it's eight and eight and it's because the offense has been sputtering all season, I think Doug Peterson's gone. If if Jim Schwartz wins 
wins you the majority of the games like he did this past week, Jim Schwartz won you that game. Carson Wentz played well, but at the same time, he only scored 23 points. I mean, I mean, 23 points isn't bad, but like Jim Schwartz won you that game, him and his defense. Yeah, I mean, the 300 yards, two touchdowns, that seems pretty good from an offensive uh, offensive standpoint. It is, but they didn't put up that many points, really. Late, they really didn't have to. I mean, the, their drives late in the game. What do you mean? It was a one-possession game until they got the fumble recovered for a touchdown. Yeah, they, It was a one-possession game. You have to put up points if it's a one-possession game. You're not... But they're not trying to run out the clock. At worst, they have to eat up clock. They can't go three and out. They didn't have those killer drives that kill momentum. Doug Peterson was able to get out there, get a couple first downs, take six, seven minutes off the clock. Didn't always end up in points. But they go. They have a great special teams coach, good coordinator around Peterson. They pin him down into the, at the one-yard line on a great play, pumped by Donnie Jones and played by Jalen Watkins. And now you set up your defense in a good spot to make a play. Now that you pin the Redskins deep. And what do they do? They come out, get pressure on Kirk Cousins. He fumbles. Fletcher Cox rumbles, stumbles, and bumbles his way into the end zone. We'll, we'll, put, that, we'll, put, the fum, we'll put the fumble in air quotes right there first. But, uh, Touchdown. <laughs> but, I mean, Doug Peterson, I just think there's zero chance that he ever wins a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Now, like I said, I'm an Eagles fan. I actually like Doug Peterson. He's a great guy, and there's nothing that I dislike about him as a person. I just think he's just completely ill-prepared and not ready to be a head coach yet. He probably he came into the Eagles with probably the most underwhelming re- resume than any NFL coach ever. And how he kind of hired him because they had a bad experiment with Chip Kelly and they wanted to go back to what worked for them for a full decade and the closest thing was Doug Peterson so I've been reaping the fact that he's surrounded by good assistance I'm mad that I brought that up earlier because I wrote down that you were going to say bad hire and I wrote down why you're wrong it's because how he took a guy he was familiar with Doug Peterson he knew somewhat what he was getting he's getting Andy Reid light which is basically what Peterson is very very light in multiple different ways but yeah, yeah. light and weight yeah. Uh, yeah. Surround himself with Schwartz, Mark Wright, who's former offense coordinator, knows what he's doing in the NFL. John DeFilippo, or DeFilippo, one of the great, one of the a very well-renowned quarterbacks coach, and David Phipp, who is definitely the best special teams coach in the NFL right now, and he has been for years with the Eagles that they kept with him. Oh, 100%. So they I took like a coach that may have not been qualified for what he was doing, and he's learning on the job. He's figuring it out. That's not a great thing to ha- have to say about your head coach that he's figuring out what he's doing as he goes but do you want your head coach the head coach that's by the way like teaching your second overall pick quarterback how to play the game do you want him to be learning on the go so yeah do you want this... do you want like an established like I think I would want like an established coach that has shown that like you know maybe he's developed a quarterback before. So Doug, not someone that couldn't even develop his own game into a starting quarterback in the NFL. Doug Peterson came in last year. First overall pick, Carson Wentz. Second. Fuck you. First round pick, Carson <laughs> Wentz, quarterback. Right now we gotta put the sensor tag on. <laughs> Injured. 
injured in the preseason, barely, what do you think, four snaps in the preseason? Comes in, finds out the week of that he's going to, week of week one, he's going to be the starting quarterback. They start off 3-0. You got a rookie quarterback who barely had any reps in the preseason ready to play week one. That's a pretty good job when he's getting ready to coach his first game. He got a rookie quarterback ready to play week one. And that rookie quarterback looks to be making a big step in the season two, week one. Yeah, they started off three and zero last year. How'd that end up for them? Yeah, they were growing pains. You, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I somewhat agree with you. I also believe that's just like kind of there's no game tape on a Doug Peterson team. There's no tape on Wentz besides North Dakota State. I think that's kind of the three and zero. Not to mention. They started off with uh, the Browns, which, I mean, the the Browns. I mean, it. I agree they got off to a great start, but they also just completely fell apart as the season went along and only won four games after that. And that's, I mean, that's bad. That's something they ha- had happened to them, all those coaches together. Now it's something they've been through. They know that experience. Now they're here this year and can get through something like that a lot easier than having to deal with that again. What what was Carson Wentz's biggest problem last season? What, what do you think? His me- mechanics, so he was inaccurate because due to his mechanics. As, inaccurate especially where? In the short passing game. Did that seem to improve to you this past game? The only thing that didn't improve was his bubble screens. His other passes were, were accurate. Maybe but his deep no, balls but, no, but his deep balls what? Weren't as accurate as I would like them to be. but No, but that... Deep balls, that takes time to develop. Any quarterback. The short passes, like the screens, like that was a huge weakness last year, and that's something that should be corrected in one offseason. It's really not that hard, and it just seems like the coaching staff didn't... Like, one play, it looked like he tried to, lo- he tried to square himself up with the receiver, and he just didn't, and that was, the, that was a backward pass that went for a fumble. And then the other one, he just flat out didn't even try it. You watch the tape. He literally just ran backwards and on the run, fading back step, tried tossing it up. And Aguilar actually came down with it. But had he thrown a somewhat accurate pass, it would have been an easy touchdown. Aguilar had the guy beat. That was a tough play. That that I think if they can iron that perfectly, that play is great. Motion, uh, Aguilar coming in motion has to plant and go, start running the opposite way. And Wentz has to see what his momentum is and float that over the defender. He couldn't, couldn't. He had to put that ball up in the air, so he couldn't. Oh, put it on he had to put the defender. No, no, no. He had room in front of him. If he just put it right in his right to him, it would have been a touchdown. It was the guy behind him that tackled him because Aguilar had to go up and get it, and he had to go up and get it because Wentz was running backwards, jump, step back jumper to Aguilar. And that's just something, and that's, I don't put that on Wentz. I think that's something the coaching staff should have seen last year. That should have been the first thing, and all all season, just hammering at him. Just making sure that's right, because that's a huge thing in, like, uh, Doug Peterson slash Andy Reid offense is making, getting the ball to, like, your playmaking wide receivers, running backs in the short field, like screens and stuff like that. I think plays like that is more Carson Wentz gets a little too ahead of himself. Where in practice, I'm sure these passes have been a little more accurate and neither of us have been at practices, so we don't know exactly how often they're making these throws, how often he's off point on these short short bubble screens and 
behind-the-line passes, but I think once the game gets going for Wentz, he has that Brett Favre in him where he's going to try to get get the ball out of his hand any way he can and get it to where he wants it, and that comes with some accuracy being taken off. But you see him with the awkward little uh, sidearm throws, that fading away, backpedaling throw, which... It was it was a step back away. jumper. It was pretty much a step back jumper. So he hit him with the dirk, and a little inaccurate. But I think that'll come as Wentz keeps growing. He's in year two, his first game of year two, and there was a lot of positives there. I mean, you take those little those little passes away. He looked. Oh, I very saw good. I saw a chart of his of like his throwing like each completion incompletion, and in the midfield he was amazing. Like. Six of his incompletions were downfield, and then like two of them were short. And the midfield, I think he missed like one throw. That's it. Like he was flat out very accurate on his mid-range uh, passes. I'll give him that. And like I said, I don't put it on Carson Wentz. I think it's Doug Peterson and maybe your offensive coaching staff. And Jim Schwartz just happened to coach a magnificent game and pulled it through for you. Yeah, Jim, Jim Schwartz was a little more comfortable here, knowing that he had a little better of a secondary. He was firing up some more blitzes. and uh, Oh, my God. He had a couple plays where he just brought the house, and Kirk Cousins had no idea what to do. Yeah, Kirk Cousins had his tail between his legs all game. I mean, there was a number of times where they weren't even getting to him, but Fletcher Cox or Timmy Jernigan or even one of the DNs were just uh, Brand- pushing. You forgot Brandon Graham was just... Brandon Graham's probably the most underrated defensive player in the NFL, honestly. Yeah. In my opinion, he, he is. He's he's been last season he was he was he a Pro Bowler last year? He should have been if he wasn't. I forget what the Pro Bowl half the guys don't want to go, so it ends up being double. Half of them the don't want to the go, worst. half of them shouldn't go. Yeah, it's kinda of irrelevant. But still he he was amazing last year. The year before that he was he showed a lot of improvement, was really good. And this year I think he's just he was just all over the place this past game. Yeah, he and I think he he doesn't have the sack numbers because he tends to just miss getting there. But his his pressure numbers are top in the league, right up there with Khalil Mack, oh, yeah. Von Miller, and all that. But what I was saying was uh, the pressure up the middle with the D tackles and Brandon Graham and all was a uh, really having Cousins with his lineman in his lat in his front step. So he was fading away from almost all his throws. That uh, interception by Jalen Mills. Uh, Cousins didn't step into that at all, and it floated high, and uh, Mills could have fair caught that. It was yeah. basically just handed off to him in the in the end zone. He took it out. That was a huge interception. I mean, was that Jim Schwartz calling a great play there? That oh, no. Like that, the D-line well, it play? was. Yeah, the D-line. <laughs> he allowed the D-line to get to him to get there and cause the uh, interception. But, but, yeah, it was a great play overall <laughs> by everyone. But, uh, all right. I think we should go on to next week's matchup against Big Red Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs coming off a win against the New England Patriots. Uh, what do you think about this? Well, let's look at what the Chiefs did last week a little bit. Um, they won a game that no one thought that they had a chance. I mean, the Chiefs are a very good team, but no one thought they'd be able to go into New England on their ring ceremony day or night and beat the new the reigning Super Bowl champion New England Patriots and they didn't just beat them. They wrecked havoc on them. I mean Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt are scary weapons for Andy Reid to use and he gets them those guys the ball in great positions. I mean that 
that was one of Andy Reid's most famous lines in every press conference was, I got to do a better job of getting my guys in the right position. And he does that very well with Tyree Kill. Yeah, he's like a, he's a scarier version of uh, Deshaun Jackson, who was always a home run threat against for the Eagles when Andy Reid was here. So uh, I think it's going to be a very tough game. I'm ho- I think the Eagles, I once again, I'm an Eagles fan. I hope they win it. I really do. But I think there's no shot they'll beat Andy Reid this game. I, I just want to take a take a second. I, I wanted to stop you a couple times just to, say, just to remind you. We are, uh, there's three ones that happened. We're, we're 1-0 on the year. We're 1-0 on the road. We're 1-0 in the NFC East. Just just every now and then just tell yourself that. When you, when you get going on these little rants, just, just tell yourself that. We're 1-0 across the board. I know we are. But I just, honestly, I was I was not impressed by the offense all that much. I was impressed by Carson Wentz, a couple plays like that play to Aguilar. I just wasn't impressed. I think they're, they're going to play a real deal defense this week against Kansas City. And one thing that's worrying me, and I haven't heard too much about it so far this week for practices, is Jason Peters. His uh, Him leaving last week with a hamstring, uh, having to start Halapuli Vitae against the Chiefs defense, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it's, I mean, he didn't play all that bad this past week. He did not. But it's going to be a much different game against the Chiefs. I mean, their defensive line as a whole is just, it's a very good unit. It's right up there with the Eagles, really. Yeah, I want to ask you, um, if Peters can't go, do you want Lane Johnson playing left tackle and Vitae over on right? 100%. I disagree no doubt in my mind. for this week. I think Lane Johnson's our best tackle. I want him staying on the right because I don't want Justin Houston in our backfield. And Justin Houston plays that end. Does he? Yeah. And I want Lane uh, Johnson matched up with him as much as that possible. That is okay. You do make a point. There. I, I, have, I didn't realize Justin Houston's on that side. I but, have fears, uh, that's, that's nightmares a huge... of that Redskin game last year where Ryan Kerrigan lived in our backfield in Vitae's first start. And, and uh, Justin Houston is not someone you want to take a chance on having Vitae playing against. Okay, I can agree with you for this game because yeah. normally the left tackle is the spot where you want your number one mm-hmm. tackle playing. But no, I get that theory. Uh, that's going to be a huge job. Lane Johnson didn't play all that well this past week either. No, he had a tough time. I mean, he, again, he was going up against Ryan Kerrigan too, who destroyed Vitae. But I'd like to see that the whole offensive line tighten up a little bit so Wentz doesn't have to make these miraculous plays. But one area that I think could be key for the Eagles offense is where the Patriots saw a little bit of success is running the football. Now, last week, Garrett Blount only had 40 yards rushing. You saw Smallwood for a couple plays. Sproles got some runs. I think Blunt, if he can get that 12 to 18 carries again, could be in for more of a 60, 70, 70 yard game. And I think that could be running up the left side. That's where yeah, the Patriots uh, had success. So the running game, that's another issue I f- see with our offense. Is like, there's just no one I, s- I like handing the ball off to 15 to 20 times a, gay, a game. I mean, Smallwood, I almost don't even want on the roster in general. I, he can't block. He doesn't show anything in the run game. You can't even put him out there on passing downs because he can't block, if, he, if that's what the play calls for. So, I mean, you're going to have to hand it to Larry Garrett Blunt, and hopefully he can. He didn't look all that bad. The yards show that don't show that he played that well, 
but there were plays where he was gaining four or five yards. And the great thing about him is that like he always falls forward for that extra yard. Yeah, we saw I see him do a nice little tumble inside the ten yard line where yeah. he <laughs> somersaulted uh, for another two yards. It looked like, and I think that's where we didn't see it used too much late in the game last last week. They were getting a lot of short passes off that were working to keep moving the chains. But if he can get four or five carries in the last two minutes of the, of the game when we have a three, four uh, point lead, that's when I think defenses will be really worn down and he can get a little bit of a, do a little damage. That's where he lived for the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, the other thing on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Alex Smith played a great game last week. Uh, Kareem Hunt, obviously. Everyone knows he went off on his first ever NFL game. But once again, I mean, Jim Schwartz, I think he'll come through. I mean, also, Doug Peterson, as much as I'm not a fan of him, he does know an Andy Reid offense probably better than anyone. <laughs> Any p- person you could even think of, he knows the offense probably better than. Yeah, the, uh... which, is, which is definitely an, it is an advantage. It's like a lot of people think, like, uh, Andy Reid probably changed the offense. He's, it's still his system. And I'm sure there's a lot of the same plays and everything, and it should be actually an advantage, really. Yeah, you saw a lot of funky things from the Chiefs last week. Uh, Tyree Kill lining up like 10 yards back in the uh, backfield, getting handoffs. Uh, Travis Kelsey had like three or four shovel passes that he caught and a couple rushes for him, one out of the shotgun. He just took the direct snap and got a rush with a really awkward-looking fake pitch. But <laughs> It was weird. But uh, one thing that I want to suggest for the Eagles' defense, you know, because... I'm a great defensive mind. So. And they listen to us. Yeah, duh. I, I think they're their only subscriber. Um, <laughs> I want to see, due to the speed of the Kansas City Chiefs, I want to see Michael Kendricks out there instead of Nigel Bradham. I think Kendricks playing in that nickel, which we're in, it seems, 99% of the time we're in the nickel. Him out there to help with Travis Kelsey covering Kareem Hunt out of the backfield, I do not want Nigel Bradham covering Kareem Hunt. Uh, we'll be seeing him running for 60, 70-yard touchdowns out of the backfield if Bradham's got to cover him in pass coverage. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bradham, Bradham's a good player. I mean, he's like a short tackler. tackler. He's, uh, we saw he's him, a short, we saw he's him a short at, tackler? Uh, I'll, I'll send you a little clip a, of him trying to tackle. Normally, he's a pretty player. short tackler. Everyone misses a tackle every once in a while. Okay. The whole defense misses a tackle on that play. That's still bothering yeah. me. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. But, I mean, he's a good player, but Michael Kendricks does have, like, a, he has playmaking ability where Bradham just doesn't. What? I don't know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see him on the field a little more. I, they refuse to do it. I mean, he had a great preseason, I, especially in this blitzing defense that Shorts has start, started to um, throw in this year. I mean, that's the one thing we've seen Kendricks be able to do really well is get to the quarterback blitzing out of the outside linebacker position. So if we can have a lot of him and Hicks out there, I think Hicks and Kendricks will be doing it, or Hicks and Jenkins will be doing a lot of the coverage on uh, Travis Kelsey, who... Uh, I think Jenkins will be shadowing him everywhere. You saw Eric Berry when he was playing just completely stopped Kelsey. Yeah. And I think Jenkins can pretty much do very close to the same thing, really. And I think they need to put him on him. And then, I mean, the really the only other... The main other player you have to focus on as far as like receiving is just Tyreek Hill. You cannot let him get behind you, and it sucks that Darby's out because he's someone that could keep up with him 100% of the way, and you just lost that. Yeah, of course. Like, they need to know where he's at on the field at all times. And 
try to limit the amount that he get on the ball. And Reed's going to find ways to get it to him um, in short passes and just rush rushes out of the backfield. So I'm a little, I'm definitely worried about him. Uh, speed seems to kill the kill the Eagles. It has for years, but I want to see who's your player of the game. If the Eagles are to win this game, who's going to be the one that's going to have to step up and have the biggest day? The Eagles are to win it. It's going to have to be. It's it'll probably have to be the Ertz Wentz combo like it was last week. I mean, Ertz has to give them just like that escape valve. Like you're gonna Marcus Peters on Jeffries the whole game. I think that's like another tough matchup for him. It sucks because like I I've heard on the radio this past week like people are under the impression that Jeffrey had a bad game and that he was ineffective and that it was a waste of money. It wasn't. He completely, like, if we didn't have Jeffrey, Norman would have just completely locked down Aguilar and yeah. you would have nothing to pass to besides Ertz. That's that's a huge deal having someone like Jeffrey for to make sure Peters is always on him. Yeah. And I think and I think actually Jeffrey can have a good game against Peters just because they're it's a little bit of a mismatch. Peters is a, I believe is a smaller guy, and he's just fast and he's he's a big playmaker. He always is up there in the top with reception or interceptions. Yeah, so I think he can have a big game, but I think it's really going to come down to Ertz. I think Aguilar is going to have to probably make another play. Uh, and obviously it's going to come down to that, and Blount's obviously going to have to be able to get a couple yards of carry at least. Ertz should be big. Um, the Chiefs losing Eric Berry is going to hurt them. There's not a guy that could like, last week Eric Berry put Gronk in a locker, and he, he was nowhere to be found. So losing Eric Berry is it's going to be tough for them to contain Wentz. Um, I like to, or contain Ertz. I'm sorry. I'd like to see Ertz get a little yards after catch. You know that we never see from him. But I mean, him catching. You would the ball think is you'd be. Able, you would think for the last couple of years, you would think you get to see that from Ertz just because he has that like speed as a tight end. Nah. But it just never seems to happen that he's in the open space <laughs> when he catches the ball. And if he is, he's falling down. It's, when he it's catches a nice. It. He, he gets a <laughs> solid catch and a little like slide as he's catching it. It's almost the same thing every time. It's. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like he's, he's he's been big for us the last few games, dating back to last year. So, I think he could be big, but I think it's going to come down to Peterson. It's going to be Peterson versus Reed, and if, oh, that's that's very scary to me. That's that's a nightmare. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> but if Peterson can make sure that Wentz is getting the ball out of his hands quickly, so that this Kansas City pass rush can't just wreak havoc, I think that's going to be the biggest key. If Wentz is Having to that's drop another back worry and, because that's another worry to me because Wentz, as good as he played or well as he played, whatever, he was not getting the ball out quick pretty much any time besides like a design play for that. It was he was in the pocket for numerous seconds and getting pressure on him every single time. It, that's actually a big worry for me and a hundred percent he's gonna have to get rid of it quick. If they want to have a chance, yeah, I think the the running game will be will go a long way of uh, allowing these short passes to to be able to be completed. You'll have the the linebackers keen in on running back a little bit more, and quick routes to these receivers might might be the the way to go. But with that, what do you what's your score prediction for this week? I would have to go twenty eight twenty, Chiefs. Twenty eight twenty. Eagles don't cover. They're about a four and a half point underdog. Uh, uh, yeah, the Chiefs. I mean, I'm surprised it's not a little more after the way the Chiefs played last week, but 
especially it's Chiefs are at home. Actually, that's that's actually an Eagles line. Really, that's that's a bet the Eagles all the way. Them giving them that much latitude. Yeah, I think the Chiefs might come out a little flat. I mean, they brought it all last week. I'm not. It's they got extra the days too. They they got extra days, and read on a basically bye week is never good because he's he's known yeah. to outcoach after having the extra days. But I think the Chiefs come out a little flat. They don't have the hype as much for this game. I know it is their first home game, but I think... First home game against Andy Reid's old team, Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill come, and Alex Smith coming off monster games. I think there is a pretty big hype. You just don't know it here. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's very little chance the Eagles win it. I'm thinking... Very little. The Eagles will keep it close. Uh, it'll come down to a drive late, and I'm... Afraid Carson Wentz is going to take a big sack late, trying to make a big play, and Justin Houston's not going to let him run around back there. He's not going to miss yeah. him very often, so I think it's going to come down to a late sack. He will lose by three, uh, 24-21. Cover the spread. That's I wouldn't be upset if it was 24-21 against that team. That's that's not bad considering everything. Yeah, so you're not going to fire Peterson if we lose 24-21? No, no, no. That's after he goes seven and nine again. Oh, you're going to give him, oh you're going to give him all year. Oh, it's really nice of you. I am. I'm. I'm not a fire in the middle of the year guy. I think that's disrespectful. Oh, well, if you if you want him gone, why although not although you do although now that I think about it, you do have your head coach already on the team that's, anyways. That's what I was. Gonna I say. mean, the way I look at it, Peterson's not really even the head coach. It's it's Jim Schwartz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give Peterson a chance. This, the guy's doing doing what he can. I did last year. I gave him a chance last year. He was seven and nine with a rookie quarterback. He was seven and nine off of a three and zero start. Uh, you knew Wentz was going to hit the rookie wall at some point, and he did. I think Doug Peterson hit the rookie wall. Uh, that's fair. But anyways, won't have the speaking of Wentz, anyways, speaking of Wentz, let's get a moving. Yeah, uh, I deleted that, but we can finish it. <laughs> but uh, Wentz or Vegas put Wentz now in the top ten for uh, MVP consideration. Yeah. What do you think about that? That's my guy. Little Wentz wagon action here. <laughs> Vegas is hopping on it. Um, yeah, Wentz MVP. I'm I'm all for it. I don't see why not. Oh yeah, I mean he's got my vote already. <laughs> oh good, one media member vote. We're good. Yeah, he's got he's got my vote for MVP. I think there's. It's absurd that he's top ten. I think that's completely just reactionary to his week one performance and the considering that Alex Smith and. That's pretty much it. Outperformed him on the week as a quarterback. Oh, whoa! You're forgetting a big guy, Sammy Sleeves. Uh Sammy yeah. Sleeves. Sorry, yeah. I didn't. He's, I didn't see. He's got to be number it, one, yeah, right? He, Sam Bradford's got to be at least top three. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think it's completely absurd that Wentz is on there. I'm a huge Wentz fan. I think he is uh, your franchise quarterback as long as Peterson's gone. Um, <laughs> but. I think it's just ridiculous that they put him up there like that. That's a lot of pressure for him. Yeah, let's give, give me two more weeks and we'll uh, we'll see exactly where Wentz yeah, still is on that. We'll list. talk about it two two weeks from now and see where it's at. Yeah, but still nice to know that our quarterbacks considered in the top ten. I mean, we could have I don't know Blake Bortles as our quarterback and we wouldn't be too happy. Uh, then. We could we could have Sammy Sleeves. Hey, Sammy Sleeves threw for like three hundred eighty yards, two touchdowns. Come on, man. Yeah. He wasn't even checked down Charlie this week. He was he was chucking it up. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. We could have Sammy Sleeves. Then I would be saying Super Bowl. All right. With that, we're ending this. <laughs> That's it for us at the Philly Four. We'll, we'll be back again, hopefully soon. <laughs> Later. <laughs>